that's bigger than an outhouse. That's like a proper. It's got decking and a, and stairs that go up into it, Andy. That's quite. Used nice. to have electric. Used to have electricity as well. <laughs> really? Yeah. Until Why I don't you just turn that out. into your office? Uh, it's full of junk. It's full of spiders. Uh, uh, yeah, full of spiders, full of junk. It's not entirely. Um, uh, you know, it's not watertight or anything like that. It's, not the guy before it. used to use it. Yeah, he used to use it as a um, workshop, like for bikes that he worked on. So the right-hand side has got like lawnmower and stuff in there that I purchased during lockdown that I never used. Uh, and left-hand side is just boxes from like my mum's house and old stuff that I've never really gone back to since I loaded it up in July. And Amazon deliveries that you haven't opened and your wife just stuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not far off. You got a proper Lego thing going on at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, I don't. I, fascinating. I, I don't know what it is. It's so good where fun, are you though. storing I, all of this? Well, this is a bit of a challenge, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Hoarders, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Tom has a, a shipping container full of Lego. <laughs> You know, you know how some hoarders they um, you, you have to crawl through sort of crawl spaces made by newspapers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> mine, mine's just made of Lego. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, <clears throat> I have I've, I I don't have many sets as such, but I <laughs> they are quite large. If you want, and, if you want to know where it is, but you're never going to access it, I've got an outhouse. You could stick it in. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 55 of the Host Unknown podcast. Uh, Yay. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Yay. I don't know. 55 seems like, you know, that's quite a big deal, really, isn't it? Uh, So, yeah. Jav, how are you? I'm very happy today. It was Eid yesterday. Ramadan's yeah. over, so I'm eating today. I had a coffee not too long ago, so I'm awake. Do, do you know what? I I really like Eid because you tend to send me um, back uh, backlevo through the post during Eid. Backlevo. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> I thought it was backlevo. <laughs> you know that thing you put on your head on your face when you're doing a, doing a bank job. But anyway, yeah, I always like Eid because you send me nice stuff. <laughs> so, and it's very nice as well. It's lovely. But uh, but yes, um, uh, uh, what's the phrase? Um, uh, Eid Mubarak, is that right? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah see, I, I, I can uh, Google as well. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it must be, you must be absolutely beside yourself with that coffee. It must be the best thing ever. It was, it was. Yesterday I ate too much, as you do. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, you, you, it wasn't that I ate too much. It's like your stomach's really confused as to why you're eating every so often during the day. It's like, stop, <laughs> stop. So it turns out I've been celebrating Eid for like the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Every day's a celebration for you, mate. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll get it used to. I'll beat my stomach into submission within like 48 hours. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll wrestle it to the ground. Oh dear, Andy, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, not too bad, thank you. I am trying to uh, figure out what I was talking about just before I heard that music roll because I didn't realise we were actually recording. 
So um, <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what Normally you said. I, I no, I was reading my uh, WhatsApp group messages and the picture of that Lego dildo that you sent. So I, uh, I, I have no idea. That's not a Lego dildo. That's that's Darth Vader. Uh, you need to. Uh, it's a Darth Vader helmet. Come on. The thing below it that you think looks like a uh, a vacuum cleaner, a stand up vacuum cleaner, like that is a Lego dildo. <laughs> no, no idea what you're talking about. Sorry. Oh dear! But I, I, I am aware that there is a um, a big moment in uh, InfoSec history this week uh, for oh, one it? of us. Yeah, a big, big, big uh, event that should be celebrated because it is a milestone. Uh, mm. And I understand, Jav, you've been at your job for um, uh, you're celebrating it's, an anniversary. It is. It's Jav's <laughs> anniversary, and, and some random fella on Twitter congratulated you, right? No, it wasn't a. So yes, it is my two year anniversary of being at no before is it only two years yeah only two years feel like part of the furniture god i remember that company before they floated yeah (laughs) and uh i remember when they were a regular horse not just a unicorn and i (laughs) it was just a horse with a with a party hat Uh, (laughs) a horse with a party hat And and someone emailed me on LinkedIn, Carlo. Thank you for your email saying uh, congratulations on your anniversary, and said hope Tom and Andy celebrate your achievement adequate adequately uh, on the podcast. Wee, um, which well, we there just you go. have done. And Andy yeah. just did. I, I'm not, but I, Andy just did. Yeah. No, we, we so do how do you to... know Carlo? I have no idea. <laughs> He's a connection on Twitter on so, LinkedIn. Yeah, there you go. Well, actually, Carlo's a member of the ISC Squared Thames Valley chapter. That's how I know him. So, uh, yeah. So, interesting that he reached out to you. That's good. Huh? That's cool. good. This is how we network, right? This is how we grow our community and network. That's right. That's so, right. So, yeah, congratulations. Two years? I can't believe it's only been two years. It is literally like you've been there forever. And Tom, you were uh, 75 this week as well, weren't you? That's right. I was. I celebrated a major milestone in uh, the number of days I woke up alive. Um, Every day above ground is a good day. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Every day I have to go onto the the tube in London, I get worried. (laughs) But uh, but yes, I was was not 75. I was 50, the big 5-0. Lies. So... uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your yeah, birthday card, Andy. I appreciate it. Ah, uh, you're welcome. Right. So, what have we got coming up today on the show? Well, we've got a plethora, a veritable plethora of stuff. Uh, this week in Infosec obviously takes us back, but it takes us back to when the first person in the world was banned from using the internet. Uh, and it wasn't by their parents. It was by a judge um, for 70 months. Rant of the week is the age old will they, won't they story of whether or not the victims will pay the ransom. I think we know what they actually did, uh, only to discover that, funny enough, it wasn't really worth it. Billy Big Balls this week is hackers having a field day with AirTags, which I think is an outrageous thing to do with an Apple AirTag. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest infotech news from around the globe. And Tweet of the Week solicits suggested names for the host unknown new business venture. 
Uh, and apparently for, for National Password Day, they say that you need to create a password which includes at least eight characters. So I chose Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that is all I have to say on the topic of the little people this week. Way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, look, I you know, I just I just I just move my mouth hole to these. I don't write them. But uh yes, <clears throat> so I think we should move swiftly on to This Week in InfoSec. And it is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane, liberating content from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Uh, So our first story is a real piece of history right here, as it always is. So on or around the 6th of May 1995, which was only a mere 21 years ago, uh, Chris Lamfrecht, a.k.a. Minor Threat, uh, became the first person banned from the internet. So he received a 70-month sentence for money laundering. And so he was actually banned from the internet until 2003. And this is like, it's just one of those things that just seems absolutely crazy these days, especially when you consider prisoners, you know, have phones with them in prison, Uh, maybe not officially, but, you know, do get to get them in there. So Chris Lamprecht, uh, as we said, known as minor threat or M threat, as those um, back then, um, these days, he's, he's a respected uh, software developer. Uh, he was the first employee and lead architect for Indeed.com. Um, so if you know that job listing site, or, you know, that search engine for job listings, um, you know, if you ever want to know what technologies a company is running, it's a great place to look because uh, you can see what jobs they're advertising for, what skills they're looking for. Um, but anyway, Chris has been living the dream since his conviction in 95. Um, What's funny about this is obviously, like Al Capone, he was obviously sent down for something other than you'd expect him to be sent down for. And this guy, I don't know if you knew this, he was actually the original author of Tone Lock. Um, and and when I say Tone Lock, I'm talking about, uh, you know, the shortened name for Tone Locator. Uh, and is, not, not the is it not pronounced rapper. Tone Low? Uh, you're you're thinking about the rapper, aren't you? Or, or Tone Low? Oh, um, yes, of course. Yeah, Funky Cold Medina. That's uh, the one. From, yeah, yeah. So it was actually a wordplay on that. It, you know, so he he oh. wrote that in the nineties. <laughs> I know my rappers. Yeah, <laughs> your your nineties rappers. Yeah, your eighties and nineties rappers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Tone Lock was actually a war dialing program. It was written in C for the DOS system. Um, and if you're not familiar with war dining, because why would you be if you were young into the industry? Um, in the early days of the internet, this was like the equivalent of scanning for open Wi-Fi networks to connect to. Uh, so, you know, you'd set your computer to dial a range of numbers. If there's a computer on the other end of it, it would typically respond, you know, on the first ring. Anything else would like to be a landline or if you got unlucky, someone would answer. Uh, and if that happened, then, you know, the, your war dialer would just disconnect and, you know, keep scanning for the numbers uh, onwards. And it was actually quite common in the 90s for, like, you know, remote workers uh, to have to call a bank of numbers, you know, into the company, and then their modem would hang up and the company would call you back and connect you to the network to basically save your phone bill, um, which just seems absolutely ludicrous these days. Um, So anyway, he was sentenced 70 months in prison for money laundering, 
uh, and given the punishment of no access to the internet until 2004, and is still regarded today to be the first person banned from accessing the internet back in 1995. Did he actually so, uh, stay off the internet until 2003? Uh, he was actually given early release. Uh, so I think from 2000, so he actually only served five years. Um, and yeah, so it's he, given early release in 2000, um, I believe it was sort of four and a half years. Uh, so he did get back, uh, you know, onto the internet, and has since, you know, it doesn't seem to have impacted him. He's had a very successful uh, career since. Once again, right. you know, shorten your uh, career arc by um, yeah. by doing something illegal. Yeah, yeah, by getting caught. Yeah, yeah. And so, talking of uh, people getting caught, so 17 years ago, on or around the 7th of May, 2004, 18-year-old uh, German computer scientists. Uh, sorry, computer science student Sven Yaskan was arrested for writing the Sasser worm and the Netsky worm. Uh, and he was ultimately caught after one of his friends had uh, snitched on him, uh, you know, to Microsoft. So if you weren't aware of the time, 2004, Sasser was a worm that, you know, impacted, as always, uh, Windows 2000, Windows XP machines. Um, it was particularly virulent in that it could spread without anyone doing anything. Um, you know, but also easily stopped if you had a firewall running or if you had patched your machines with the updates that were released nearly three weeks prior to that, I think. Um, but the great thing about this worm, why it sticks out, is that it was uh, when the worm crashed, a, a timer would appear to tell you when it was shutting down your machine. <laughs> uh, so you know you'd, you'd have people working in the office a timer would pop up and it'd be funny especially the developers um you know because they all knew that you could have bought the shutdown by you know running command prop typing shutdown minus a uh which still works to this day if you're on a corporate network and uh you know they force you to to update your machine if you can get access to the command prompt um you can run shutdown minus a without uh, um privileged access uh, and that will have bought the shutdown um but anyway, so this worm was released, I think, 30th of, no, 29th of April, uh, which was also his birthday. And it was a week later on the 7th of May, uh, he was actually arrested for writing the worm because Microsoft, uh, as part of their bounty program, they offered $250,000. Um, and yeah, one of his friends just rolled over straight away. And said, uh, "Well, I yeah. mean, you would, right? Yeah, I know who I wrote mean, that. I mean, I, I mean, I love you guys, but two hundred and fifty <laughs> grand. I mean, that 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 would pay off my credit card. Well, most of well, my credit card. Well, would it? Would it? I mean, that's two hundred fifty grand dollars. Then you probably get taxed on it, so you're losing like half of it. <laughs> and then you convert it to pounds. You know, yeah. you're not left with much. Maybe a few Lego sets you can buy with that. Yeah, yeah. But it just goes to show how little I value our friendship." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'd do it for a, for a tub of Haribo. Yeah, um, yeah especially, especially the German variety where it's... Yeah, uh, you know, yeah the different. proper ones. Yeah. yeah, the ones with Smurfs in it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Microsoft offered the bounty. His friend snitching him said that, you know, he wrote Sasa. Uh, they discovered he also wrote Netsky as well, or Netsky. Um, and he was tried as a minor because when he wrote the worm, he was 18. And so this he wore a seen. hard hat when he went into court. <laughs> Yes, with exactly. With the light on. With it. the light on, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, because it had been released on his 18th birthday, um, you know, he had effectively written it prior to that, so he was still a minor. Uh, he was found guilty of sabotage and illegally altering data, uh, and uh, got a 21 month suspended sentence, which was a um, 
Uh, Good old days when they and, when they didn't throw the book at you. And his, yeah. and his mum his mum was told to turn the Wi Fi off in the house. Yeah, yeah. they even had Wi Fi back then. Yeah, yeah that's still yeah you did in two thousand four. Yeah, you had see, I, I'm trying to remember. I I'm pretty sure when this hit and I was working and then. Several colleagues, they were like, oh, get zone alarm on your home PC and it will stop it yes. or something like that. <laughs> and do and you remember, remember? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just had zone alarm running for the longest time ever and I thought yeah. it was like so <laughs> cool. And the other one was um, Steve Gibson. Was it that his name? Yeah, Shields, Shields Up. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The, yeah. the G- Gibson Research Corp- Corporation, wasn't yeah, it? The, me, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, scan my machine i'm safe yeah <laughs> uh, 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 that was had a, a upmp um disabler on it as well yeah yeah uh, one of the one of the checks we spoke about that last week but yeah no those, those were some handy tools actually i was really uh i had all of them <laughs> if you want to hear more about the upmp uh that we discussed last week listen to this week's uh smashing security yes <laughs> well, next week next week smashing security oh next week sorry yeah <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> love Brilliant. you, Carol. Love you, Graham. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> there was uh, one other story from uh, 9th of May 1990, and this is 31 years ago. Uh, Operation Sun Devil was released in a press release, and it was um, the US Secret Service crackdown on illegal computer hacking activities. Uh, and they talk about, you know, raids occurred in like 15 cities. It was like this massive event and it only resulted in three arrests. But rather than what? we talk about. Yeah, I know. It's, it's brilliant. Um, and but as I read into this to, you know, get the dates, confirm the dates and all of that. Uh, I there's, there's a great book about this uh, written by Bruce Sterling. It's called The Hacker Crackdown. Um, and I highly recommend you read it. And if you don't want to read it and you enjoy listening to podcasts, uh, I've put a link in the show notes where you can actually download it as an audio. Um, is, it, is it a free download? It's free download, yeah, free to download. Uh, oh, but it's in right. multiple parts. That's the only thing. So it was, um, you know, voiced uh, a while back. But definitely a great, great story. And I, upon reading that book, I'd always believed that Steve Jackson Games almost went bust as a result of Operation Sun Devil. Um, as you will be told in the book as well. However, it turns out that that may have been uh, a media error. Um, as I read about it now, they sort of say, well, it wasn't quite that cut and dry. But um, definitely right. links in the show notes. Read the uh, Hacker Crack now. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andy. This week in InfoCert. Fascinating. I love I love this stuff. It really does bring back some of uh, you know distant memories of Christ, yeah, I remember sweating bullets when that particular virus hit or, yeah. or And then you then you realise you're closer to twenty fifty than you are to nineteen ninety. Oh, oh shut my. up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone someone sent uh sent me a picture the other day, said like if you want to feel old, I said this is what they were stealing in the first Fast and Furious movie. And there were like old TVs and video players and DVD players or something. And I was like, what is this antiquated technology? <laughs> and I, oh, yeah, I had that with, um, I watched American Pie the other night and it was uh, made in 1999. 
So it's so, like, yeah, 21 years ago, but then Stifler's mum, remember like she was yeah. like, supposed to be this older woman. And I looked up, she's actually only 37 when she filmed that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is not good. This makes you feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but but thank you Andy you know what I, I was thinking about this I was listening to the podcast last night uh, I went for a drive and I was listening to it and this is perhaps I think if there was ever a segment I think deserves a spin-off and get its own version it would be you just talking about this week in InfoSec I think you do yeah. a really good job on it yeah Checking sticky weeks in InfoSec <laughs> yeah of the week yeah <laughs> I, th- I think that's a genius name Oh, the genius. Anyway, Jav, I think you're up now for, for this week's... Listen up! Rant of the week. It's time to mother rage! Like last week, this week I've been off work, and yesterday I was uh, eating myself into a food coma, so um, I haven't really been up to date with a lot of stuff, except ransomware. It's uh, one of those things that's always there now, and I, I'd say... It's it's really difficult to find a security story these days or an incident that happens these days that doesn't involve ransomware in some form or uh, way, shape or form. Mm. But um, last, uh, the, 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 you know, a week ago or so, Colonial Pipeline, uh, a big gas, oh, as in petrol gas, uh, operator in the US was uh, hit down, uh, was hit down, was hit with uh, some ransomware. Now, apparently it was only on the billing system. The customer side didn't impact the, the critical systems, according to them, but they shut it down as a precaution. And uh, the, uh, the, the the story was broken by Bloomberg, the um, the most reliable of security sources. Do you remember when they broke the story about the Oh, the, the chip, chip this, yeah. the size of the <laughs> crane of rice, and then and they never respond. Anyway, and, I, and <laughs> nobody ever found one, possibly because it's just really small and hard to yeah, find. Exactly, exactly. It just, it just really tiny. It reminds, you know, what? it just reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where Drax sees um, Kurt Russell's character. He's like, he's a tiny man. He's like, why was he tiny? Because Maybe he was just far away, and that's why he looked yeah. tiny. <laughs> that's that's right, how objects yeah. appear. Like, the, the, oh, he was a tiny man. Uh, so, yeah, the, the chip was really tiny because we saw it from far away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bloomberg, um, the, the highly reputable source of security knowledge, uh, in their story, actually, um, they not only cited um, anonymous sources, but also mocked other news outlets anonymous sources for saying that earlier this week that the American pipeline operator would never pay the ransom. So make of it <laughs> what you want. I don't know what I'm ranting about, but uh, there, there is something there. I'm sure if you listen really carefully, play it in reverse, you, you'll figure out what I'm ranting about. Uh, Kim Zetter, um, she's probably written the best um, sort of write-ups on this topic. Yeah. Um, you know, there's two of them. She's got a sub stack. It's free for now. I'm sure like, you know, once she builds up, she's going to start charging people. So get it while it's free. But um, the uh, it's the, the group behind it is Darkside. And they're, they're one of those groups that have been around since last year, I think. And 
they they have this whole manifesto on their site that they, they don't attack hospitals and you know whatever you so that so they're ethical and what have you. And uh, I saw a tweet by I think it was a uh, malware tech. Um, he, yeah. he said it's surprising. Hardly anyone knew anything about these this gang because they they operated quite stealthily and what have you. And since last week, nearly every vendor's been writing a blog about them and their tool taxes and you know the, how they go about stuff. And uh, you know, there's a bit of ambulance chasing going on. Um, but um, you know, it's um, you know, they, yeah. They, so they have a a press release describing their principles. They claim they won't infect hospitals and other medical facilities, schools or universities, non-profits or government agencies. Instead, they target victims they know can pay the ransom. We do not want to kill your business, they wrote. And uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's wow. You, you have ethical hackers now out there who, who, who will only You mean ethical pe- criminals? Yeah, the ethical criminals. But... I suppose part of it, they must be shitting themselves because, um, you know, the U.S. government now is issuing <laughs> emergency orders against them and uh, they're, they're now a hot topic. So it's probably not the the coverage they actually wanted. Yeah. It's brilliant uh, that they go after an oil company and then they're, they're like, Ashley, do you know what? <laughs> we know you've got the money, but yeah, we, we don't want this much media attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or, or even, you know, we're... Um... We're not gonna we're not gonna ransom you know companies like you in the future. But if you could just pay up now, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the best thing was though that, and you must have seen some of the memes. Is that because they shut down the pipeline? There's been uh, shortages of of petrol in in the in some of the some yeah, of the, the states. The, the government has authorized the um, the transport of fuel by road again. Yes, which, yeah, which yes. they don't do in the US and things, you know, things like that. You know, exactly. But pipes. but what's really funny is that um, you must have seen it because of the shortages. There's been this mass panic buying, yeah, and yeah. people have been filling up petrol in plastic carrier bags and putting them in their boots of their car oh, and everything. It's shit. just like a, a, you know, I'm just waiting for explosions to happen all over the place. Not not that I'm waiting for it. I'm just. Assuming that something like that will happen, because it's just so ridiculous. I mean, uh, it's 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 absolutely so, scary. Some agency had to issue a warning saying, "Do not put, uh, you know, petrol gas into into plastic bags." Uh, I mean, the fact that, well, it's a bit like the warning on a pack of peanuts saying, "Warning may contain nuts." I mean, don't put this incredibly explosive liquid into a bag that could into a container that can split or or burn really easily. It's well, yeah. But, but having said that, this we're talking about America, the country that had to issue warnings to citizens not to shoot into tornadoes because the bullets might come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were they were hunting sharks. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> but this this whole ransomware thing, right? So also the the Irish um uh, HSEs, like you know, their equivalent of like the health services, shut itself down. You know, voluntarily shut down overnight due to a ransomware attack. Like, where is the failing here? Uh, are we saying that anti-malware tools are not doing their jobs, or people have too much privileged access, or you know, what? Why is this still so prevalent it's, in? I think it's all of the above. 
it's all of the above. There's there's a lot of tools out there that aren't effective. There's a lot of organizations, security teams that aren't effective or are non-existent. Um, you know, and and I think there's 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 a lot of security controls and a lot of pressure on people, sorry, to to actually click things to get their job done, for want of a better term. Uh, so yeah, I think it's all of the above. Yeah, ransomware is an easy is it's an easy win, and it's also an untraceable easy win if you're taking payment in Bitcoin as well. This reminds me. There was a story put out by Sophos that they were doing an investigation into something, and there's a research lab that does um, biomedicine, and they're doing some COVID nineteen testing. And anyway, there was they got hit by ransomware. And in the investigation, they found that there was a user who needed a free version of virtualization virtualization software, um, and he couldn't find he couldn't get one from the official site on his personal machine so he downloaded a cracked version and it was malware and triggered a security alert from windows defender and the user done what a user did uh he disabled defender <laughs> to get his job done and 2 weeks later they were hit by ransomware so i think there is an awful lot of pressure on people trying to get their jobs done yeah, they they they're not being malicious intentionally, but you know, again, it, if they're not given the tools to do their job, or they're not given the flexibility to do their jobs, then they're going to try and take shortcuts or try and do it in whichever way they can. Yeah, it's 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 like a, a lack of joined up thinking at a business level. You know, you must do this, okay? In order to do that, I need X Y Z software. Oh no, 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 you're not approved to get that software, not on that machine. You know, but you know, and and therefore something like this happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But I, I, I get very frustrated because, you know, they the criminals, right. They say, Oh, well, we're not going to target hospitals. We're not going to target, you know, um, uh, charities, blah, blah, blah. And then charities and hospitals are hit. And it, it is literally like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Give us some money though. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll try not to do it again in the future. It's ridiculous that that the, the criminal gangs are so efficient and so well run uh, that you know they can you know disable it remotely if they find they've hit a, a hospital or whatever. But they don't. They just let it happen. So that criminals are doing what criminals do, which is criminal. basically hit the softest and fattest targets they can. Andy, he's talking about you. <laughs> I'm prepared. Bring it on. Come on. I'm behind seven proxies. <laughs> no, no, those are gummy bears. Oh, dear. Anyway, Jav, thank you. Rant of the week. Thank you, Jav. I think it's time for... This is the Host Unknown Podcast, the couch potato of InfoSec Broadcasting. And we're going to move straight on to... Okay, so I... Do you know what? I'm in two minds of this one. Uh, <clears throat> because one, the story unsurprisingly involves my beloved Apple. Come on, Tim. We know you're a, you're a fan of the show. Get, get your sponsorship checkbook out. Um, but I also agree with what's kind of going on with it. So basically, bottom line is hackers are having 
are a field day with a new air tag. So these air tags are the uh, location uh, tracking devices that you attach to your keys and your pets and your, uh, you know, whatever else you, you know, your slippers, anything that you you regularly misplace, uh, and and. Um, and and you can use then uh, find find iPhone and the tracking capabilities of iPhones around the world to identify where your devices are, even if they're outside your house and um, you know miles away from your phone. Really good, lovely devices. I've got some. Andy's got some in his hallway in an Amazon box somewhere. Um, they're they're lovely, cute little devices. They literally only been released, what was it? Was it last? No, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Two weeks ago. Yeah. I actually got mine before you, Tom. Yeah, by about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're London and I'm in the and I'm in the uh, outskirts. Um, but literally, so two weeks after they've been released, some hackers and researchers have obviously opened them up. And I think that's fair game. You know, if, if you buy something, it's yours. You can do what you want with it. And they found... Well, I think the tagline is they've sort of found some issues with them. That's not entirely true. They found some issues with them if you're really good at soldering and um, you know and hacking microcontrollers and and all that sort of thing. But bottom line is what they've done is they've opened it up and they've um, broken the broken into the debug mode, which is obviously disabled in the factory. Uh, and that, that's required a, a fair amount of hardware hacking as well. Um, so it's not it's not a pretty hack by any stretch. But what they have found is that it, it can actually deliver malicious URLs to any phone that scans it. Um, and the upshot of this, and it's what I this is what I really liked in the report, is that you can ha- have an air tag on you that will rickroll any iPhone that decides to, to to connect and scan your your AirTag. So you could be walking through the town centre and everybody with an iPhone will suddenly have uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley playing on their phones as their, as their phones naturally connect to your AirTag through, I think it's NFC, isn't it? Um, I, I love how you how you have to explain how you explained what a Rick roll is. It's hey, never going to give you up by Rick Astley. Well, yeah, absolutely. It explain ever- the uh, technology that does it. No, no. <laughs> no I think it's how- NFC. <laughs> Look, we all know I'm explaining for my mum. That's all. My mum doesn't care about NFC. She cares about Rick Astley. Um, <clears throat> he's a singer from the nineties, uh, mum. Anyway. Um, but so in one sense, I'm kind of like, oh, God, Apple. Of course, they've decided to pick on Apple products, uh, all that sort of stuff. But the flip side is what I hope happens as a result of this is Apple will release some firmware. They'll release some updates and they'll, they'll update the, the air tags, et cetera. And they will produce a better, uh, uh, a better product as a result. Because ultimately, that's what... You know, security researchers are looking to do. They're looking to improve things. A bit like uh, uh, all of the medical devices out there, the insulin pumps and the uh, pacemakers and all that sort of thing, which can be, well, barely hacked, just merely connected to via Bluetooth. 
Um, and the, the net result of that was better products out, out of it. And I'm hoping that you know this this benign research, and in fairness, it is benign. These are people just doing it, one, to find out how it works, and two, because, you know, shits and giggles and all. Uh, and there isn't a malicious intent, although it could be used for that. Um, but I'm my, my hope is that because researchers are out there doing this and really you know putting some really in, uh, intelligent and uh uh inquisitive um what can i put it sort of uh, uh, p- uh thought and power behind this that uh, the products that they they break into as a result will improve so this is a this is a really interesting one but it only took 2 weeks uh, but then again, that's an upshot of it being quite a simple uh, low power device as well. So, but yes, I, uh, I do like see, that. Go, go, go on, Andy. Go. On. Well, so it reminds me of um, it was a few years back when there was a special character in one of the Indian dialects that iPhones couldn't process. Um, and so when you sent it to like a, a group chat or something, it would literally kill your phone. Or if you had oh, preview yeah. on, um, yes. you know, as soon as it, and I remember Ricey at the time had an Android and everyone else in the group chat had iPhones. And he was just like, you know, full on disaster, just spat, like sent it around text messages, WhatsApp, everything. No one's phone would boot up because it was trying to show on the preview screen, just crashing again. Um it was like an absolute nightmare. You had to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, and then just you know try and clear it before it showed up. But um, it it kind of reminds me of that. Like you, you probably could have done something a bit more malicious than a rickroll. Uh, yeah. You know, if you were aware of um, you know other things at the moment that would crash them. But, well, any uh, any malicious URL, right? I mean, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So so I mean, it's really interesting, but. Just listening to how much reverse engineering they need to do to get it to do that. How is that? Is that very different from just getting components and building something that does it yourself? Yeah. Um, I so I, I mean I'm not convinced it's a major major issue. No, I think it's going to be a bit like it's going to be one of those things that pen testers are going to love. They're going to do them in in assessment and say, "Here, we can breach your air gap system because." If we lob one of these into your offices or, you know, fly it in via a drone, then, you know, your phone can connect to it and by this we can do that. that, 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 that. But in, in reality, I think there's there's probably lots of better ways to go about doing malicious stuff if you if you want to do it. But it's still super interesting. I, I completely agree. You know, I think that the actual threat of it as a, you know, should it go on our risk registers? Probably not. Um, I think what it will do is, 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 as I said, hopefully create a better product. But I can't imagine. It's not like you'll be able to mass produce this. That said, this is the very first iteration of it, um, and it's a bit like anything. If you saw the very first iPhone, it, it, it took up about half a square meter because of the way it was, you know, laid out and wired up and all that sort of thing. It was, it was a. Uh, a concept as much as anything else, just like this. And sooner or later, somebody will be able to reprogram a chip on there that means you don't have to solder wires and, you know, bypass, you know, connections and stuff like that. 
you know, but in the meantime, hopefully Apple will firm up some of their some of the sort of security protocols on the chip, etc. Um, you know, or even do something as as drastic as set the entire thing in resin or something like that, which just makes it just makes it much, much harder to to access the electronics without actually breaking the electronics in the first place. So, you know, there's 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 all sorts of ways around it. But you're right. It's a low I think it's a very much a low risk issue, but as you say, absolutely fascinating nonetheless. Billy Big Balls of the Week. All right, Andy. What the, uh, it's that time, isn't it? It is. It's that time of the week where we head over to our multiple news sources over at the InfoSec PA Newswire who have been very busy this week bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Misconfigured database exposes 200,000 fake Amazon reviewers. Industry News. Ransomware takes down East Coast fuel pipeline. Industry News. University cancels exam after cyber attack. Industry News. Staff bonus was crass fishing simulation. Industry News. Germany bans Facebook from processing WhatsApp data. Industry News. AXA to stop reimbursing ransom payments. Industry News. More domestic abuse cases involve tech. Industry News. Homeworking parents and young adults are most risky IT users. Industry News. Biden executive order mandates zero trust and strong... Industry News. And that was this week's... Industry News. So that staff bonus story, which is huge if true, but staff Uh. bonus story... You hear about it was it. a crash fishing simulation. That's been done over and over again. That's happened so many times, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who? It, I wonder if it's the same. Is it the same sort of fishing company behind it? Do they have like a template of congratulations? You've got a massive bonus. Ah uh-huh, You put. You clicked. You know, it's um, this. This is again. It's a problem with disconnect between the security departments and and the rest of the organisation. Phishing emails are great um, if used properly, yeah. but you you need to have the right relationship with people. And the objective shouldn't be to just catch people out. It should be to educate and inform. Um, it, it's kind of like training in a. You know, if if you want to learn a martial art, you go into a dojo or or, or a gym or what have you, and and you know you put on the pads, you put on the headgear, and then you 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 drill you drill when you train and you you learn. You know, sometimes you might get hit hit a bit hard, but that's part of the the learning. It's not that you're walking down the road and your instructor comes up behind you and puts you in a chokehold and says, "There you go, punk. <laughs> we, I was testing you and you failed miserably," which is what this feels like. It, it just feels like people haven't built the right context they haven't got the right relationship with their employees and they're just sending out these things and and, and sniggering like beavis and butthead saying hey, hey, hey we, we we got you uh, yeah. there's nothing big in sending out a, a phishing email that's you know especially if you know you know what what are the hot buttons of, of your employees so you know but it's, that, but, it's a low blow but that said this is exactly what the criminals would do right they would if they if they had any kind of intel on 
on the company and knew when sort of bonus cycles were because it doesn't take much from social media if you're really looking to find out, you know, woohoo, bonus time, you know, or whatever, then it's this is exactly the sort of thing they would send though. Yeah. And 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 I think you can get to that stage if you've built up the trust and the relationship with your employees first. You don't start with that. You start off with something slow, you get people used to the fact, you get people familiar with with the fact that these things happen it's and you know what it's it's not about getting people to become security experts it's just to get them to get their spidey sense tingling when they get an email so that they can not not so that they can question it or report it or do something like that but if you're just going to make people feel bad about themselves then you know shame on you yeah so don't use don't use all of the um you know all, all of the possible entries into into phishing just just the tip yeah so do you know was, uh, i actually um, received a, a phishing email uh this week and i you know we've got like report fish button on the um uh, yeah. in the mail client and i clicked that and it popped up and it was like congratulations it was like Shh, please don't tell your colleagues you know we're running a simulated <laughs> and uh, i thought it was like a really friendly message i was like oh nice <laughs> You felt all warm and fuzzy after that. (laughs) I did. It was. uh, I thought that was very well done. That one. I remember when 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 we were doing it um, back in my old CISO days that uh, it would take them to a URL and we'd have because we were using restricted intelligence at the time, and you'd have one of the characters pop up from restricted intelligence with the text underneath saying, you know, oh, you clicked on the link, blah blah blah. But it was very clear that it was part of the same program if you sort of mean and we tried to use the same language and the same sort of slightly fun attitude to it as well um but uh yeah it's it it is difficult i because like i say i'm still on the fence around well a staff bonus email is exactly the sort of thing the criminals would do and you don't you don't get eased into that by them no and I don't think it's not about easing into that. I think it's more about the relationship people have. It's like when people click on something and they they assimilated phishing. Do they feel like ah, good one, um, thanks for showing me that, or do they feel like you just wanted to catch me out? And I think that's yeah, the relationship yeah, that's... that you need to work on. So, uh, but so it's also partly in the messaging of what happened afterwards, I guess. Yes. As much as the actual message itself and how it's treated, um, yeah, it's a you get a, you get a phishing email that promises you your your bonus, and then it says, "Oh, because you clicked on this phishing email, uh, we're going to take away five percent of your bonus." Yeah, <laughs> oh no, that's the that, worst thing. That ever. would be harsh. That would be harsh. The other thing that caught my eye was the Biden executive order to order mandate zero trust and strong encryption, and the thing that really. You know, and I'm just reading the headline and giving my opinion here. I'm not even clicking on it. Um, but the thing here is, you've got zero trust, which is this, um, you know, sort of quite highfalutin concept. Everybody, every expert in inverted commas I've spoken to about zero trust says, "Oh, it's not about a destination; it's about a journey." You know, you never fully achieve zero trust, but it's a really important thing, and I, which makes me think it is just, you know, a marketing term as much as anything else. But then paired with a really simple fundamental of InfoSec, strong encryption. So you've got this kind of like esoteric 
you know, ethereal concept and a really basic, simple control being put together here as you've got to do both of these. And I, I, I that's quite um, interesting messaging, I would say. It, it is. is it end-to-end yeah. encryption, though? Because uh, because yeah, um, our parliament doesn't, doesn't want that now. No, our parliament doesn't want it. But I mean, they're, yeah, as long as you've got a back door, you can have it. Um, but yes. I mean, some of the other things they're enforcing is that, you know, that end to end encryption, like, you know, uh, encryption at rest by default, uh, multi factor authentication to access table stakes. Uh, you know, any services. Yeah, EDR. Table stakes. Table uh, stakes. But they also have a um, set up a new department that does like air crash investigation style. <laughs> Um, oh. you know after major incidents uh so they can um you know give sort of lessons learned and uh, and sort of uh you know come up with new mandates after that um so i know there's a lot of things here that you think well, why aren't people doing this already <laughs> but you know to me i think it's actually yeah i, I actually a fan of this um you know funding is going to be an entirely different Yeah, oh, I'm a fan of this because having it pushed at at that kind of level, it's a bit like getting your your board engaged on your security program, right? You know, uh, and boards are going to suddenly take a bit more interest in this, absolutely. But it's just, you know, why did it have to come to this? Which is an unfortunate thing. Which is on us, you know, as infosec professionals, without a shadow of a doubt. But it's just a real shame that it's it, it takes quite such a thing to get. Like Such basics in place. Yeah, I think this this kind of ties in nicely with the story about AXA insurance to stop reimbursing ransom payments. Yeah, and I was reading about this uh, the other day, and there were some other insurance insurers, cyber insurers, who are thinking of pulling back or, or reducing the coverage that they provide because, in in their words, it's just too easy for organisations to take out their insurance and then not do anything themselves yeah. and then say, oh, we've been hit, give us the money. Yeah. So uh, so I think having something like this would help set the bar. So it's like, okay, you can get insurance if you've met these, stat- these sort of basic um, yes. requirements yeah. or what have you. It's like driving your car. You can, you're insured as long as, you know, you're not drunk, you, you maintain your car regularly, you've got your MOT and all that. It's, uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember um, doing the annual insurance renewals at um, you know my last place as CISO, and I had to I had to present alongside the chief privacy officer about what we're actually doing from an infosec perspective for oh, them yeah, to even accept yeah. us. For corporates, they're huge. Um, you know, yeah. it's almost like a sales pitch. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. 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 Anyway, thank you uh, very much. I think. Um, well, time's marching on. In fact, I think we should get cracking on to this week's Tweet of the Week. And because that's so cute, we always play it twice. Tweet of the Week. So this is a tweet from a guy called Sonny at Brown Infosec Guy on Twitter. Uh, and he raised a, a question which I liked. If you were to start your own ransomware group, what would you name it? Uh, and it uh, you know, raised some uh, queries on that. And I have selected uh, a couple of my favourites. I thought we could probably take one each on this one. All uh, right, to share it. So if you were to start your own ransomware group, what would you call it? And Olaf Hartong says, freemium backups. <laughs> <laughs> I got Ian Saito, at Ian Saito, says, uh, surprise pen test posse. Peter, at illustrious 
Hefe. Hefe. Says Windows Offender. <laughs> and then I've got David Shipley saying Trailer Park Crypto Boys. <laughs> uh, I have uh, from Adrian, who's at nutritionist underscore AP, ran somewhere, as in ran somewhere. And uh, Old Navy Dude, at Old Navy Dude, Ransom Muck Ransom Face. Hey, <laughs> always has to come up. Yeah. But no, there's a, there's a few more suggestions on that list. Uh, links in the show notes. Um, yeah. Fabulous. But yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, anyone can start a ransomware group these days, right? It, it's like ordering stuff from Alibaba and drop shipping. Um, you know, you, you create that, that method, whereas, you know, you can actually buy ransomware kits and, you yeah. know, drop ship it elsewhere. And you just need to focus on your brand. It's uh, all yeah. about marketing. It's all about it's marketing. It's all, all about Absolutely. the marketing. You can get those dice, the uh, um, attribution dice that you roll, and it and it and it gives you the name of the uh, of the gang that did the uh, did the attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I might call it "Got Your Hat," and then when it <laughs> when it hits you with ransomware, a picture of Logan Paul comes up. <laughs> oh dear! I I watched that video. What a what a Zoo. He's a muppet, isn't he? Well, not just him, but the whole thing, yeah. and the press just following him around like a baying pack of wolves. It was ah, oh, just I don't know, awful. Anyway, thank you, Andy, for this week's tweet of the week. Well, we draw to a close. That went uh, very quickly, I have to say, very quickly. Yeah. We're doing well to stay on track this week. Well, you know, we work hard to produce. Quality content at less than an hour for you, dear listener, is all I can say. Yes, Jav, thank you very much indeed. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Mm, jolly good. And Andy, thank you, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. So what is going on with the soundboard then? Why why are we hearing uh, really sort of slow jingles and stuff? Uh, shush, shush. The, the, the audience isn't going to hear that. We fix it in post. Oh, right. You're post. actually going to edit that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I will do some editing. Don't worry. Don't oh, worry. God. Next, next week, you'll be going full, full on smashing security. Give me three weeks before I edit this and get it published. <laughs> but if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can get it 24 <laughs> hours earlier. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. I live for that. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs>